Well, hello, everybody. It's the Kapow Radio Show. This is me, Brother Kapow. Paul, your friend. Hey, it's Monday, February 3rd, 2020. 2020. Today, I'm going to do a, I think it's going to be rather short. It's not going to be as long as usual, but I want to talk about hope and joy and peace. I want to talk about those things. I want to talk about the negative things in the world. I don't want to talk about the Super Bowl. I don't care about Lopez and Shakira. I don't care who won. I don't care. I'm going to talk about joy, hope, and peace. Here's the other thing. Condemnation. People, people feeling a lot of condemnation. That's how the devil's working through the brain. Both sides of your temple, inside your mind, your brain, it's a battlefield. It's a war zone. It's crazy in there. The enemy can only get to you through your mind, through, through your thoughts. That's how, it's, that's how those demons are trying to derail you. A lot of it is through self-condemnation. A lot of it. I'm running into this a lot at church. People at church. Man, they're self-condemning themselves for for everything. Um, Part of the problem is, I mean, I come from a Pentecostal background. I am Pentecostal, you know, in the biblical sense. I come from that background. I think when you're raised like that, a lot of times you have a tendency to lean towards, I, I know, I, I know I did, you know, works. It's kind of like you're, you're not really works based. You know that you have the grace of, of Christ. Your salvation is, is only through the free gift of Jesus Christ through faith in his free gift. You understand those things. So it's not like you're working yourself to heaven, it works, but it's, it's works as far as, uh, up, you know, your, your upkeep, you know, that's why a lot, and I'm not, I'm by all means, I'm not putting these folks down because I love these folks like, um, apostolic churches. I mean, some of these apostolic churches, I mean, they get it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they, they're full throttle with the Holy spirit, man. They believe in deliverance, healing. They're preaching the word of God. And, evangelism, souls, souls, souls. The burden for souls is incredible with some of these folks. Uh, but on the other hand, you will see them and, um, you know, their Sunday services, like all the men are wear, all the men wear suits. All the men have short hair, clean cut suits, not a whole lot of uh, jewelry or anything like that. And the women are very plain, either no makeup or very little makeup. Hair is usually piled up in a bun uh, long dresses, um, all covered up. And what's funny, a lot of them, they'll still wear high heels with that, you know, to, I guess to show that they're still feminine, <laughs> but, um, it, there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. But it's almost like there, it's a culture within that particular Pentecostal church of, of holiness. Like this is how, this is how holiness looks. So that's cool. You know, if you're saying, hey, I don't want to get all tattooed up and get tattoos on my neck and my face and all that stuff, you know, that that's cool. Uh, but, you know, just looking that way doesn't make you holy, as, as we all know. You could be living uh, for Satan himself and yet have a very holy look 
Uh, so that doesn't cut it. Or it could be the opposite. You can look very rough. You can have tattoos all over your face and uh, ear piercings and things like that and be living for God 100%. So it's it's God sees the heart. God sees the heart. And we know that. And we know it's not a system that works. But sometimes we come out of these churches and it's like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Or I got to look this way. Or I can't do this. I can't do that. And we have this thing. It's, it's called a conscience called a conscious. Now, what your conscious allows, you have liberty in Christ, people. Here's the deal. You have faith in Jesus Christ for your salvation. You heard the gospel message. You've heard this fabulous news that told you God, the creator of the universe, wants to redeem his, he wants to redeem his creation, the humankind unto himself. He wants to undo the effects of the fall of turning the world and our authority over to Satan. He wants to undo that. He wants to reconcile humankind to himself, back into himself. So he's done this. It's a beautiful plan. It's just incredible. When you look at the plan of God from the very beginning, that he himself came down and became flesh, became part human, but he was deity because his father was of the father. He's of God. And in the flesh, he experienced what we did. He knew that only there could be only one sacrifice. He had to become human to do that final sacrifice. No sin can be forgiven without the shedding of a blood. It's been like that since the beginning of time. And so this is what he does. He comes down and he sheds that blood, that divine blood for our sins, for the penalty, for the penalty, the wrath of a justice God for our sin born in a fallen world. He does that. It's fantastic news. And he becomes that sacrifice. And not only that, he goes and he triumphs this over the, over the, the dead in, in, in Sheol and the underworld. And he says, I have beat death and I have beat Satan and I have beat the kingdoms of this world. And he triumphs over that. And he comes up after the resurrection and he's seated on the right side of the father. He's our high priest he, and then he sends the Holy Spirit. His, his very spirit comes and indwells us at the moment of salvation. And that spirit guides us and leads us into truth and convicts us of any sin. But see, the Holy Spirit does not condemn us. We can't be condemned because Jesus Christ has paid the price for that wrath. So this is where we stand, and it's so hard for some of us. It's so hard for me at times, and it's so hard to come to this grasp that we're saved. There are so many promises in the Old and New Testament, in the Word of God that says, nothing can remove you from the hand of God. Nothing. And of course, we preach, well, take heed of yourself. Make sure that you're safe. Take heed that you're not living. Even Paul says, we have liberty in Christ, but does that mean we go in sin? He says, God forbid. You know you're in Christ when you quit practicing or continuing in 
sinful nature or rebellion against God. Okay? That's how you know them that are God's from them that are of the devil. The people that are of the devil continue in practice in rebellion and unbelief and in sin. I'm not talking struggling Christians. I'm not talking as Christians. We all struggle with things. It could be anger issues. It could be lust issues. It could be pornography issues. It could be alcoholism. It could be a drug. It could be a lot of things that you struggle with and you need the Holy Spirit to convict you and guide you. Plus you need to deal with your flesh. You see, not everything is demonic. Not everything's a demon. You can't cast out flesh, but on the other hand, you also can't discipline a demon. See, so you have to know if it's your fleshly nature, you just have that eye for that chick. You just can't help but look. You just, you got that, that you need to discipline that flesh. You need to crucify that flesh. You need to take and take that cross where Jesus took it. He died on that cross. You need to die. When you, you need to die. Dude, you need to kill yourself. You need to not, you know what I mean? You need to kill the flesh. You need to become less and less of who you are so that the Holy Spirit can become more and more, that you could be more and more like Christ. That's the goal to be Christ-like. To You're covered in his blood. He is, when God looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ, not the righteousness of Bob or Hazel or Jeremy or Phyllis. He does not see that righteousness. He sees the righteousness of Christ. And you're covered. And you've accepted that free gift. There's nothing you can do to do this for your salvation. And there's nothing you can do to lose it. You say, well, what about the reprobate? What about the what about the apostate? And we went over this, I think last week, a couple of weeks ago, where we talked about it's a violent, purposeful turning away from God and saying, I want nothing more to do with this salvation. I don't want nothing more with God. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going here and I'm going back to serving Buddha or whatever the heck you did. But as long as there's breath in you, you may repent you may repent and go, God, forgive me of this sin. Look at the life of King uh, Manasseh in the Old Testament. There's never, man, you look at the stuff he did was incredible against Yahweh, the incredible wickedness this king did. Yet he repented. Here's the deal. God is a loving, merciful God, and he wants you to be reconciled. Once you're reconciled through accepting of Jesus Christ, dude, you're working out your own salvation. That doesn't mean you're, 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 doesn't mean you're making up your own salvation. You're working it out. You're down here, you're struggling and you're, you're pushing forward and you're working and you're grinding and you're learning and you're studying to show yourself approved in the things of God. You're exercising discernment between right and wrong. You, you, you make up a decision. You wake up one day and you go, I want to follow Christ. 
And I want to know so much. I want to know so much about God, the father, his redemptive work, what he's done for us. I want to know about his love. I want to know how, how it worked through Jesus. I want to know about redemption. I want to know about justification. I want to know about sanctification. I want to know who I am and my adopted identity in the house of God. You wake up. That's your goal. That's what you do. You're saved. Therefore, now, because of all of that, that I just said, there is no condemnation. There is no wrath stored up for you because you are in Christ Jesus, because you are walking in the spirit. How do you walk in the spirit? The spirit lives in you when you accepted that free gift of salvation. You entered into a contract with God. You walk after the spirit, not according to the flesh. Who walks according to the flesh but those who have not accepted the free gift of God, the unbeliever? As Christians, sometimes we flesh out. Sometimes you flesh out. Sometimes you might lust. Sometimes you might have a dirty thought, naughty, naughty on you. Sometimes you might get angry. Sometimes you might get covetous. Sometimes you might want what somebody else has. Sometimes you might get jealous. All these human emotions, all these things that are ungodly and unchristlike. And the Holy Spirit says, oh, dude, you, you can't be that way. And you go, whoa, I got to check myself there. That pride was welling up there. God, Lord, help me. Forgive me. I don't want to be that guy. But that's not condemnation. That's called conviction. That's, that's leading you into righteousness, into perfecting your faith. John, the apostle, says in his, in his letters, he says that we can live sinless. He also says if someone says that they don't sin, they deceive themselves and they're a liar. When he means that we can live sinless, he means that we can stop practicing or stop continuing in a sinful lifestyle, a lifestyle that is displeasing to the Lord or in direct rebellion to God. He gives us the power to do that. So we have to crucify the flesh. Now, there are times we have a demonic influence, and that, de that demon has to be bound, has to be cast out, has to be dealt with. That demon is pushing that lust. That demon is pushing that covetousness. That demon is pushing that anger, Right? But how does that demon enter there? Well, normally because you weren't taking care of the flesh. You've got to crucify yourself. You've got to crucify. You've got to make that flesh dead, man. You've got to become alive in Christ. And it's not a matter of works. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. It's a matter of, hey, I'm making this decision. I'm going to follow Christ. I woke up today and say, boom, I submit. You say, I surrender all, all to thee, my precious savor. I surrender all. You surrender all, 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 all. Surrender it. Give it up. You can't take it with you. Give it up. Let go. Do not condemn yourself and don't let Satan put condemnation on you. Don't let Satan say, oh, now you're doing this and now you're going to go to hell. Now you're displeasing God because you do. Oh, now you got the wrath of God. You're wrong here. You're wrong here. God does not want you to live in condemnation. Now, therefore, now there is no condemnation.
to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk according to the Spirit and not after the flesh. If you walk after the flesh, you're condemned because you haven't believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not walking in the flesh, you're walking in the Spirit. But I don't feel like I'm walking in the Spirit. You may not be displaying the fruits of the Spirit, or at least all of them. I don't think I've ever displayed all of the fruits of the Spirit at one given time in my life. But I'll tell you what, there are times I'm gentle. There's times I'm kind. (laughs) There's times I'm peaceable, right? There are times. And sometimes they're together. You know what I mean? You you displaying the fruit of the you're displaying the fruit because it's it's outflowing from you, right? And there's times I don't display the fruit of the spirit. And you go, God, forgive me. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to think that way. That's wrong thinking. Why am I thinking that thought? Why am I thinking that thought? Just the other day, I was thinking a thought about a person, and it was a bad thought, and I was. I was judging them. I, when I say judging them, I don't mean judging their salvation. I was saying they, they appeared um, arrogant to me. Uh, they, they appeared by their behavior. And I don't, I don't know this person personally. I don't know them personally. I've never had a conversation with this person. I just know of this person. And I observe their behavior with others and I came to the conclusion that this person was was prideful, that that they thought they were more than what they were. They thought they were some kind of big cheese and um, didn't really want to have to, didn't want anything to do with other people. That's kind of the conclusion that was coming to my head. And I knew very little bit about this person. Now, see, now, now is that the gift of discernment? Did, is, that, is that the Holy Spirit having me discern the spirit of the person? God forbid. No, it's not. That's called the gift of criticism. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> is that walking after the spirit of love and gentleness and kindness and deferment? No, that's kind of like that's kind of like I don't know what's up with this person, man. They seem kind of weird. I think they're I think they're uh, I think they think they're a bag of chips and all that, and they're really not, you know. Um, because because I saw certain behaviors, right? So I saw like so do I do I dislike this person? No. Uh, do I hate him? No. Do I do I wish him ill will? No. No. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, do Do I have a perception of him that's not rooted in a real reality? Well, of course. I don't even know him. I've never even talked to him. I don't know anything about him. So I make this judgment call, right? So, is it w- would it affect my future relationship with him or anything? Yes, it would. So here's the deal. I I find out that this person has had some uh, severe uh, mental breakdowns in the past. At least two. And that's all I know. I don't know what caused the mental breakdowns. I don't know, um, you know, what the issue was. But but <laughs> as I was having these thoughts about this person, it's like the Holy Spirit inside me said, Paul, do you think maybe some of that behavior that you're seeing could be a result of a very hard life, very hard times? breaking down mentally, whatever that means and whatever extent that you don't know what happened to this person that's creating this perception. You do not have these facts to discern or be judgmental or criticize. 
And I was convicted in my spirit. I was convicted of my spirit. I was. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have no right to assume that this person is arrogant or haughty or, um, you know, pretentious or think it's that they're a bag of chips. I, I have no valid basis for that. I'm just being a butt. I'm just being a butt. God forgive me for being a butt. I don't want to be a butt. I don't want to be that butt guy. I don't want to be that butt guy. It's none of my business. Who am I to judge another man's servant? So it convicted me and I said, Lord, forgive me for that. And I put those thoughts out. And now when I see that person and I see that behavior, I think, Lord, whatever they went through, God, whatever it might be, just, just keep working your grace. Yeah. Because I don't know what made them what they are. Maybe someone sees me and goes, what's up with that dude and his beard? Why is he having that beard? He looks beardy. And you can make all kinds of judgment calls on me. Why does he still play in a rock and roll band when he's a Christian? Why is he playing at the Beaver Dam bar and grill? I don't think it's even a grill. It's just a bar. It's called the Dam Bar. Oh my gosh, a Dam Bar? Called the Dam Bar? Why is he doing there? Judge me. So, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is different than condemning power of Satan. I was convicted, but I wasn't condemned. Paul, your thinking was wrong. But I never once thought, Paul, you're going to die and go to hell. You're separated from God because you thought that thought. How dare you think that thought? A Christian shouldn't think that thought. You thought that thought. Now you're going to die. Now God doesn't love you. Now the Holy Spirit, yeah, blah, blah. That's of the devil. That's of the devil. I, I hope that kind of makes sense. People, we have liberty in Christ. You are saved. You are a Christian. Be free in Christ. Does that liberty mean you go out and sin? Or does it offend your, you go out and you can offend your brother? No. But it does mean you're free in Christ. Concentrate on those things that are lovely. Those things are good. Those things that are pure. Things of God, like Philippians 4 says. Don't let Satan condemn you. Self-condemnation puts you in a hole. It binds you. It wraps you up in a prison. And Satan just, once he has you up against the rope, he's just boxing you around like Muhammad Ali in a rope-a-dope. All right? So, joy, hope, and power in the Lord. Joy, hope, power, and in the Lord. Let's go to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. One verse. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. King James says, or reads, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing 
that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's it. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Paul is writing this to the Romans. This is a little mini prayer in here. It's a little, it's a little prayer. What does it mean? Number one, I love the term the God of hope. Paul is naming another name for God. When you go in the Old Testament, you got El Shaddai, you got, you know, um, God, God the Healer, uh, uh, Jehovah Rapha. You, you got, uh, you know, the War God, the Provider God. Here we are in the New Testament, and Paul is giving a name to God. He's called the God of Hope. The God of Hope. What is hope? Well, hope is a confident expectation of something. It's not wishful thinking. It's not like, well, I hope, I hope um, Linda cooks spaghetti tonight because I really like spaghetti, and I wish I would have told her that I like spaghetti. I mean, I hope she does it. I hope she does spaghetti. That's wishful thinking. A confident expectation is that I told Linda I want some spaghetti, and she went to the store and got spaghetti and ragu sauce or whatever. And I have a confident expectation. I have a hope that tonight I'm going to have some some delicious spaghetti. Um, the God of hope, the God of confident expectation. Here's the deal. Now, the God of hope fill you. The Kapow listener right now, I feel you with all joy and peace in believing. That's the first part. Number one, now the God of hope fill you, you, you with all joy and peace in believing. Second, the second part, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. There's two parts. Here's the first part. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, and believing. Here's the second part, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope, he is to fill us with all joy and peace. The God of hope, he is to fill us with all joy, not condemnation, all joy, right? Joy from the Hebrew Kara, cheerfulness, it's a calm delight, a gladness, exceeding joyful. It's a gladness. It's, um, it's a cause or occasion of joy, joyfulness. It's not happy. Happy is related to the circumstance. This is a calm delight. This is a gladness. It's not, you're not just happy. This is like you, like you, you, you really, you got this calm, this man. It's like, I got this hope. It's the God of hope that gives you this, this joy. Because what you're going to receive, the hope. So it's the God of hope. He's to fill us with all joy and peace, peace, peace. What kind of peace? Well, of Christianity, it's the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. Peace. It's the tranquil state of you, my friend, the Kapow listener. 
you are assured of your salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing, you don't fear nothing from God because the wrath has been paid in your behalf by Jesus Christ. The penalty for your sin, the penalty for your separation, you were born into separation. The penalty for that, the reconciliation that it took to bring you back to God has been paid through the cross. That gives you a tranquil state that is assured. I'm assured of my salvation. Are you saved? <laughs> Dang right I am. I'm assured of it. How do you know? Because I have accepted that free gift from God for eternal life. And I said, yes, where do I sign? I'm on board. I have assurance. And because I have assurance, I don't fear anything from God. And I'm content. I am content with my earthly lot. Whatever it brings, because I know God has redeemed my soul and will redeem it on the final day on the resurrection. Yeah. Peace, my friend. That's why he's the God of hope. And you can have joy. Why am I happy? Why do I, It's not happiness in the circumstance, but why am I glad? Why, why do I have this, this gladness, this joyful, this in my heart from the God of hope? Because I have a hope. I have a peace. I have assurance of who I am in Christ. I am not condemned. Why should I condemn myself? And why should I let Satan condemn me? the accuser of the brethren, accusing you night and day. Look at so-and-so. Look at Cheryl out there. Look at Cheryl's doing. I see Mark. Look what Mark's doing. Look what Mark's thinking. Bill, I see you. Cheryl, Bill, Mark. You have joy and peace from the God of hope. He's to fill you with all of this. Why? It's in, not of, but in your believing. In your faith, you believed in Jesus Christ for your salvation. You committed your trust. You committed your trust. And you believe that thing, that reconciliation to be true. You are persuaded. You're convinced of it. <laughs> you place your confidence in it. It's a confident hope of the thing believed. You have confidence in it. It's your faith. So in your faith. The God of hope fill you with all joy, all gladness, and peace. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation. In what? In your believing his promise and his word. There's no condemnation. You just believe the truth. You just believe the truth written 
in the word of God. The words of God are true. It's the only truth. Just believe it. Don't add. Don't take away. Believe what it says. Now, secondary to this, number two, secondary to the first is, why would the God of hope wish to fill you, the Kapow listener, with joy and peace in or through your faith? Why would the God of hope wish to fill you right now? Why? why? Answer me this. Why does he wish to fill you with joy and peace through your faith? Your faith in that hope. He's the God of hope, going to fill you with joy and peace because you have faith in that hope. Let me tell you this. Because you may abound. Abound? You may abound. What does that mean? It means in quantity, superabound, in excess, to be superfluous. To abound in abundance, to be better, to have more, to excel, to increase. Oh, you exceed a fixed number or measure, folks. <laughs> you're over, you're over the top. You're abounding, brother. So the God of hope wants to fill you with joy and peace through your faith in that hope because he wants you to abound, to overflow. What does you answer me this. What does he want you to abound in? In what? What? Hope. He wants you to abound in hope. You see what I'm saying? It's the God of hope. He wants to fill you with all joy and peace through faith in, in, in the gospel and who you are in Christ. You're standing in Christ and in truth. And the reason why he wants to do this is that you could abound in hope. So the God of hope wants you to abound in hope. The God of hope wants you to abound in hope. He wants you to overthrow, overflow in hope. You got so much hope, you don't know what to do with it. It's, it's spilling on over to your neighbors. It's spilled on over to your mom and dad. It's spilled on over to your kids. Your husband's looking at you like you're crazy. You got so much hope. Where'd you get all the hope? Because the God of hope filled me with all joy and peace in my faith. That's why I got so much hope. What do I do with all the hope? He wants to fill you with joy and peace in your belief through your faith in that hope. So you could abound. You can have so much, uh, so much of it. You don't know what to do. So the God of hope wants to give us and you and Everybody who receives this, a peace and a joy so that you can exceed in your hope. We do this in faith in that hope. Now, but Brother Kapow, I don't have the ability to hope. I'm feeling kind of hopeless. I can't do it. Sometimes I wake up, I have hope, and other times I wake up, I'm hopeless. I don't know. It's not your ability. Here's the beauty. It is in or through the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so when you come to Christ and you say, I want to align with the God of hope now. I, so where do I sign on this free gift? I'm not an idiot. You're offering me eternal life and to be reconciled with the creator God so I don't have to live in this mess and I don't have to be part of uh, wrath. Where do I sign? 
Now the God of hope fills you with all joy and peace and believing that you can abound in that hope, but not through your own power, through the power of the Holy Ghost, because the Spirit comes and lives in you. The Spirit's now in you. And what is he doing? Guiding you, directing you, convicting you of sin, keeping you safe and sealing. Oh, he's sealing you. He's sealing you until the day of redemption to your body is resurrected and you live eternally with Christ. You're sealed. There's now, therefore, no condemnation to you. You're not under wrath. Don't self-condemn yourself. Don't let the devil condemn you. Yes. Through the power. What power? It's a mighty power. It's where we get our word dynamite. It's dunamis. It's a mighty power, a mighty strength. It's strength and power. It's inherent power residing in a thing. That's the Holy Ghost by virtue of its nature. It's the spirit of God. It performs what you have no idea is imaginable. <laughs> So it's the power, the dynamite, the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same spirit that drew you to faith, believing salvation in the first place. He'll never leave you. You are sealed. He's your helper in providing miracle power of hope. Habukkuk, Old Testament prophet. Chapter 3, verses 18, 19, he says, Yet I will rejoice. There's the word joy. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Who's the Lord? The God of hope. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Here's another name. The God of hope. And you have the God of my salvation. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon my hind places. That means you're going to be stable. You're steady. Why are you stable and steady? Because you have hope, a confident expectation. And you have peace of who you are in Christ. And he wants to fill you with that so it's overflowing, it's abundant, and it spills out on a Kapow radio show. Psalm 21 says, The king shall joy in the strength of the Lord, and in my in thy salvation, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he what? Rejoice. Why? Why? Because thou hast given him his heart's desire and hast not withholden the request of his lips, thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. In other words, he, he, he gives. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee and thou gavest him. Oh Lord, I want your eternal life. Where do I sign on this good news? It is great news. Even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceedingly glad with thy countenance. For the king trusteth in the Lord. And through the mercy of the most high he shall not be moved. 
Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shall thou destroy from the earth, and their seed, the serpent seed, from among the children of men. Oh, oh, let me read that again. Their fruit shall thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. That means there's some evil things that are among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. Like condemnation. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Shoot them in the face with an arrow, O God. Shoot them right in the face with an arrow. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power, thy power, thy power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So the God of hope gives you joy and peace. You can exceed in it. How do you exceed in it? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me leave you with this once again, Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope be with all of you Kapow listeners today. Have a blessed week. And I will talk to you Friday, Lord willing, on Freedom Friday. Good night and God bless. Yeah.